Katarina, Admas, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Um, and audience, you guys know we're talking about open source. Uh, I want to start off with a little poll so we can kind of read the audience. Um, can folks raise their hands, show hands if you're familiar with open source as a concept? Hopefully, uh, yeah, whole room, awesome. Uh, keep your hands up if uh, your organization uh, uses open source as kind of a critical part of your service or product offering. And then keep your hands up still if you personally are using or uh, implementing, contributing to open source right now. Pretty solid. Fantastic. That's exciting. Um, so then you guys know what we're already talking about, and uh, we'll kind of just jump in. So I want to start with a question for, for both of you. Um, one, just let's talk about um, open source and kind of how, how is it important these days, uh, especially uh, in the social impact sphere. And uh, as you're talking about that, kind of introduce yourselves and, and your organizations. Good. Happy to start. Um, so I'm Admus, and I lead the social impact team at GitHub. Uh, the mission of the social impact team is to think about how we can activate GitHub's people, products, and platform to make positive and lasting change in the world. And I'm really excited to have this very, very cool role there. Um, and as we think about open source and its impact in the social sector, you know, actually, when we first started our work, and the, the work of the social impact team has been in place for a few years, we were really looking across the business to think about how we can pull and really leverage different kinds of business assets for social good, you know, all the way from employee volunteering and giving to thinking about hiring and internal diversity and inclusion efforts. And what we sort of stumbled upon really organically was this growth of open source projects on the platform where users, developers, and designers were thinking and collaborating around code that had some sort of social purpose. And what we're really excited to see is the growth of both developers, nonprofits, and other open source um, you know, participants who are starting to look at open source as a key tool and asset for making change. I think primarily because it has the opportunity to drive innovation. You know, GitHub is, the, is, a, is a platform of over 31 million developers from around the world. And the idea that you could pull upon really the, the power and the thought uh, partnership as well as you know, code of all of these different developers it can be actually really, really powerful for the social sector. So, um, I'm Katarina. I run the open innovation team at Mozilla. And uh, a key part of what my team does is um, connecting our, our internal staff, mostly in the product and technology teams, with um, everybody out there who's mission aligned, who's interested in working with us towards our mission. Um, towards keeping the web open for people and empowering users. And um, so we work a lot with the uh, developers in our open source communities, but it, we also work with a lot of people who don't necessarily have an engineering background, but who help us in their different locales with translation of software, for example, who bring in their diverse uh, perspectives into our work, who give us input. And I think. That is really, Mozilla would not, we would not be here if it wasn't for open source, if it wasn't for our global communities out there that have written code with us, that have been a super critical voice in every step of our development. And I think that can be equally true for other, um, for other social enterprises because in, in my opinion, how are you going to serve the, the, your constituent 
Etsy out there, whoever you're building for, if they're actually not included in your process, if they, their, their own perspective, their needs aren't understood internally. And open source is one of the many aspects of open innovation, how you can bring that in and get that done. Yeah, and it's a super powerful thing. Um, I was hoping you guys could maybe talk about some specific things that um, either you've seen or that um, you're doing right now that, um, you know, you see this kind of acceleration of people's business goals or kind of impact grow because of uh, open source. I'm happy to start. Yes, yeah. please. <laughs> uh, so, um, you know, it, it's been a, a really interesting journey for GitHub. I think, and, and, and I think businesses in general in their interaction with open source. Um, on one hand, we see this incredible, you know, and, and dramatic adoption of open source by businesses and enterprises. I think particularly because of the power of innovation that it can unlock. Um, you know, I think over half of the Fortune 100 uh, companies use GitHub, are participating actively in open source and inner source efforts within their companies. Um, when we think about sort of what we can do there, particularly for nonprofits and for social, social change actors, we think about a couple of things. We think about one, you know, what can we do to really invest in like uplifting and amplifying the voices of diverse and unrepresented participants in open source? And you know, what would that look like? You know, if we can really think about, you know, based a lot on like the incredible research by Mozilla, improve diversity and inclusion in open source. Another thing that we're also thinking about is, you know, our nonprofit offerings. You know, right now, you know, if you are a nonprofit, you are eligible to get a team plan on GitHub for free. If you have not signed up, please do so at github.com backslash nonprofit. But what can we do? We could do even more, really, in terms of both community building and in terms of really thinking about adapting the products and offerings we have to make social change actors, really nonprofits, individual developers, designers, maintainers, contributors, more powerful in the work that they do. I want to, for, for one second, build on, on what you said, because this idea that um, open source automatically brings in a diversity of perspectives and thought does not happen by itself, which I, I mean, diverse communities, traditional or open source communities, traditionally have a great lack of diversity. It's it's a very it used to be very homogenous. I'm I'm super happy to see that change, but it really requires very thoughtful community management, thoughtful community building. It also requires the people who who drive your open source work to model the kind of behavior you want to see. So I think investing in that and making sure that that happens and people are actually included is, I think, super important and, and a great effort. And then I want to come back to your original question. Um, one of my favorite projects right now, outside of Firefox, the best known one, is around voice recognition. I think most of us would agree that voice is the, the big, important new interface. Most of you probably talk to your different machines. I don't because I talk all day anyway. <laughs> but it is it is such a powerful interface. And again, it is it's all proprietary technology. It's all owned and run by the same companies. And I think open source can play an, an incredibly powerful role here. So what we did is we spent years working on learning how to build the algorithms that you need for 
the, the learning systems that, that do voice recognition, and so we open sourced all of them. But the, the algorithm themselves, we talk about that so much, is, always one, is only one side of the equation. The much bigger issue is the training data that the machine learns from that teaches voice recognition, and the training data is all proprietary as well. It's incredibly hard to come by. And so together with our global communities, we build a project called Common Voice where we invite everybody, if you don't have it, please download it. All of you can contribute and donate your voice to the biggest open database of voice training data. We started out with English because it's what we all speak. And um, we have a localization efforts by our communities globally. So I think currently we're available don't hold me to that. I think in over 50 languages or so. Yeah. And um, it is all very community driven. And we already have the biggest open database of training data. And we are really looking to massively scaling this. And then it's available to everyone from like research to small startups who want to build innovation in this space. And I think it's incredibly powerful around non-dominant languages because if you need to, you can buy, or if you have the money, you can buy a training data set in English, and it's always like the easiest option to do. But what do you do with a lot of underrepresented languages that aren't, that aren't easily monetized, where none of the big players are going to go into a market and say, let's build something for this small language, even though it might be so much more important for that language because of lower literacy rates, language preservation, to actually have voice recognition in those languages. And that is something that you can do community-driven, that you can do if people come together for the greater good and everybody contributes. So it takes a few seconds to add your own voice to this database and make sure that we, we have a publicly available database that has a huge diversity of speakers from all over with different accents and different dialects. And so that is probably, as you can tell, the project I'm currently most excited about. Yeah, that's awesome. And I would love to just kind of, you were mentioning before about kind of community and, and diversity. So I'd love to just kind of go deeper on that. What do you guys see maybe as individuals, all of us in the audience that we can do to make those communities more diverse uh, or, or to make uh, some of these open source projects more accessible? But then also, um, kind of what place do you guys see platforms like GitHub or platforms like what Mozilla has, whether through Firefox or these other uh, kind of services to you know, make a difference in, in, in the, the way the community is built? Um. You know, I, w when I think about, you know, diversity and inclusion, I mean, it's a, it's a topic that, you know, we, we talk quite a lot about in this industry, and we always talk about that, what is that pipeline? <laughs> you know, how do we really affect the entire pipeline? How do we not look at it as just as a point in time, but really take a systems, a systems view of what it looks like? I think that's, a, that's an effort that we need to undertake in open source as well. I think we have identified and diagnosed the, you know, homogeneity that we see, the need to really, you know, start to 
uplift and amplify voices. Um, what's really interesting at GitHub, you know, the state of the Octoverse, which we uh, released last year, saw that the growth of really most of our users is not happening in the US or in UK or in Europe. It's really happening in places like Nigeria, in places like Pakistan, in places like Israel, that there's this whole global community that's out there that's trying to participate, I think, in open source, particularly because, you know, traditional systems maybe perhaps are maybe not as open or accessible to them. So what can we do to really like invest in those communities? I think that's something that we're really exploring both as a business and then also in my work as well. And how do we look at these as almost, you know, points of light that we can start to bring together? I think that's one way that we can really, really improve the diversity and inclusion of open source. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So we spent quite some time um, looking at numbers, researching experiences of people, uh, what has worked, what hasn't worked. We've, we've tried to lay out some best practices. Um, for example, it's like if you don't have really clearly articulated community participation guidelines that you can hold people to and that you can hold people accountable for, it gets so much harder. And so we share all of that research. We share all of the resources we have around that. We have a monthly call with open source projects across the industry, um, sharing their own experiences and constantly building out this, this network of be best practices, experiences, because I think we're all working towards a shared goal there. The other thing that we, um, that we do in partnership with GitHub and uh, quite a few uh, other open source projects is really um, investing in the next generation because there are so many students, especially if you're not at an elite school, um, there are so many students who would love to get more involved in open source because it, it, it builds your capacity. You learn a lot of things. You can make a name for yourself. It, um, it's still a, open source is a huge hiring pipeline for engineering. So it's really important for students to get into that. But it's also quite difficult to figure out how do you do that. And oftentimes you don't know like what the best entry point is. Uh, if you think Twitter has its bad moments, screw up in an open source community, you'll know what really rough treatment is. And so we build these open source student communities where we try to help them understand how open source works, how to get involved, what are good projects to get involved for um, engineering students. Um, we uh, have people like giving talks and giving advice and, and mentoring. And I think that is incredibly important to to foster a more diverse next generation of contributors and that we will all benefit from regardless of project. So that's why we set it up as a very collaborative project. It, it's less about funneling people into Mozilla, even though I, I would love to see that, but what I really care about, I think what we all care about is building up that next generation of open source developers. Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to add this piece around students and, uh, you know, work that we've done a lot of work with students with, with Mozilla and with others on really expanding and I think we, we touch over a million students, you know, through the student developer pack at, at GitHub. And I think that, you know, for us, we're even trying to think even deeper about, you know, are, again, are we just going to the traditional places? Are we yeah. just going to like traditional CS programs? How are we really looking at, especially non-traditional candidates who are trying to break into the tech industry? How are we looking at extending 
extending that to informal, landing, informal learning platforms, to community colleges, to boot camps, because again, we know that the CS programs are not gonna be the only pipeline into the tech industry, and if we're really, really committed to inclusion, it really means supporting learners coming from all different kinds of backgrounds. Yeah, and that's great work that you guys are doing. Um, so as we, as we look at kind of what you guys do, obviously um, GitHub, Mozilla has all this work that's internally being done that's about open source, but a large part of it is kind of advocacy, right? So how do other organizations adopt this stuff? And um, it seems like based on this audience, we have a lot of people who already have some engagement with open source, but certainly everyone's looking to potentially do more. Uh, when people are looking to integrate open source ideas maybe even, like open innovation into their, into their companies or potentially to adopt no, new open source products or to work on platforms that support open source. What, what are, just getting really tactical, what are some of the things that you guys see people do wrong? What are the like, common things that they do wrong? Or what are the things that people do right that other people should be doing? Mm. I think that probably the, the biggest mistake I personally see is that thinking that, oh, just because you make your project open, everybody's going to come and automatically contribute. That's not how it works. That's whether it's open source or any kind of community, it's not this self-powered vehicle that suddenly scales majestically. It's it is work, it gets messy, and you need to invest in building healthy communities. And down the road, and it's not like a one-time, it's not like a one-time marketing campaign for something or an outreach campaign. Building and, and maintaining and growing, engaging healthy communities is a continuous investment. And if you're not willing to do that, this is probably not going to work. Um, so you need to be committed to, to bringing in people, to, to ensuring that people can feel included in your community, that you have participation guidelines, that you hold people accountable, uh, that you offer them some, some resources and, and incentives to do that. Um, I think that is particularly easy for social enterprises that are mission driven because that like it gives a purpose to the work i think that is a huge advantage starting off mm -hmm. but um you also need to give people a voice and you need to be very thoughtful around um your governance model there is no there's no one-size-fits-all in open source um, we actually put out a, a resource last year call the open source archetypes because depending on what you're trying to achieve the kind of community you want to build the governance model you have for that differs wildly so i think being thoughtful up front about what you want to do and who you want to bring into that gets you really really far yeah, no, I just would double down on community building and governance. I think that that's where we see open source projects fail. Mm -hmm. um, I think the other place where we're really interested in thinking about, and you know, there was a recent GitHub blog about this, which is really sustainability. You know, this work is hard. It requires, you know, really the, the goodwill and time of open source contributors and maintainers to do this, usually at the side of their desks on the weekends after they put their kids to bed. Um, how can we support 
folks to do open source work in a way that still allows it to be creative and still allows it to be innovative, but also can really think about supporting the work of those really those loan maintainers and contributors who are carrying you know, an incredible load and burden on their backs. Yeah. Can you say a little more about that? Is it um, that you guys see a kind of financial support is a, is a barrier there, or is it more so just about kind of you know, ultimately kind of people run out of gas and they just need support of a community. Yeah, I, I think it's it's many things, you know. I, I think there's, um, there's, there's the financial piece and I think that, you know, what we're hoping to see more and more, especially for social enterprises, is foundations and traditional philanthropy to start to step up to the plate to think about supporting open source in this way because it has this incredible multiplier effect. Um, but I also think it's a lot about, you know, supporting pro projects, especially burgeoning projects with some of the, the bare basics around what it means to do community management, what it means to do governance, um, you know, leaning a lot on the incredible resources that many of the open source actors like Mozilla and the Software Freedom Conservancy and others really have um, to offer resources around issues with licensing. I mean, I think those are the things that, you know, people really need to actively and productively participate in open source. Uh, and we can't just be like, well, you know, it's, it's on you to, to kind of figure that out. We really need to be able to provide that capacity. Yeah. Um, so we just have a couple minutes. I don't know if uh, folks in the audience are interested in uh, asking questions, but it uh, looks like there's a couple out there, and a um, microphone should be heading your way. Hi. Uh, thank you for the talk. Uh, my name is Mickey. I write open source that nobody uses. Uh, the Apocryphally, when people have a successful program, I, I've heard this for Chrome extensions, but there's other examples as well, it tends to invite attention from people who offer buyouts to take over control of the program. And you, sometimes that's a leftpad.js situation, but sometimes it could also be something malicious. Do you have any thoughts about uh, the risks from or to open source or how to manage those? Uh, wow, you don't ask easy questions, do you? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't have a good idea. I think whether you have an open source project or, or a different one and you're, you get buyout offers, I think you're every project starter, maintainer, more traditional founder needs to ask themselves, what does this mean for the future of what I created? Is that the direction that I want it to take? And I think that um, I understand everybody who who sells whatever they have built. I think it is more it is probably more critical in open source because we like to think that open source is inherently good and used inherently for good and is also more secure than other software because you know it, it is open and everybody can can take a look at it. Um, and there are more eyes on the source code. Um, and I think it is on all of us to um, probably occasionally question our own positive bias that we have uh, around projects. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's, it's difficult also because, um, and we see that occasionally with extensions, for example, because we don't have the resources to dig deep into everything and to double check everything. And I think it's, it's I don't know what the right solution to that is, but I agree, it's, it's, 
it, it can be a problem occasionally. And it, it does seem to come back a little bit to this governance question, right? That if you have a project that feels like it's impactful on the world, you kind of maybe owe it to, to the world to, to set up the structure such that we can know long-term sustainably that it's going to be this thing that we can continue to trust. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what led us to thinking about sustainability, yeah. particularly because of these inherent risks to open source. And I, yeah, we, we always tell the positive stories and the anecdotes of every, when everything goes right, but you know, often sometimes things do go wrong. Um, and, and I think it, it does come down to, to sustainability and governance. It comes down to you know, continuing to double down on the norms that, that we you know, should uphold. You, know, you talked about what should people do. Adopting Mozilla's manifesto is a great way to start to establish the kind of norms that can really you know, make um, open source projects not just you know, productive and have a social purpose, but also be able to you know, try to put in these elements around governance and community management. But it, it, yeah, we have not solved this problem at all. I, I don't have any better answers. Yeah. And I think governance is, I, I cannot stress how, enough how important that is, but um, we sometimes also tend to ignore the reality that the majority of open source projects, that's like one, two, three people working on something, maintaining on something that possibly we all use as a critical piece of our infrastructure. There, there's far less thought you need to put into governance if it's a one-person project or a two-person project, um, which, it, it, and for example, is one of the reasons we've, we've set up a grants program to support critical open source projects that aren't gigantically huge, but really either like impactful in their local area or build a critical piece of infrastructure and they still don't have hundreds of people building something. That is often easy to say, but the reality, and you know that better than, than I do because you see the numbers, <laughs> but the, the reality often is a different one. Yeah, and it's that leverage that I think gets everybody excited yeah. about open source in the first yeah. place. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, I think that's our time. Uh, Katarina Admas, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you, Aston.